for coming in and listening to the Hodge podcast. Guys, I'm super excited today. Uh, a little mess up with the scheduling. The guy I was going to have on originally actually ended up getting pretty sick. So we had to change plans a little bit, but I'm here today with one of the Bruins soccer players, Eli Solomon. Dude, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolute pleasure. been wanting to get on the podcast ever since I heard it. So, Dude, I'm, I'm super excited about this. I mean, just so you guys know, the Bob Jones soccer team are NCCAA Division II national champions this year, and they sure. had quite an amazing run. And it was it was fun to watch, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. Like, we accomplished all our goals, had a little slip up in the beginning, a couple games didn't quite go our way, but, you know, we picked it up as the season went on and just... Yeah, I, I will say the beginning of the season was kind of rough to watch. I mean, coming in with the new coach was a little, I think, getting everyone comfortable was a little hard. But I think once you guys got in the rhythm, I mean, there was just, I didn't see you guys lose for a while after that. You went on a pretty good streak. Yeah, you know, it was a little, you know, Coach Hodgkin left, you know, halfway through the summer. So coming in, we had no idea what to expect. So it took a little while, you know, with new coach, with new strategies, new te- techniques, to new tactics, along with, you know, several new players who really increased the, you know, level of play as soon as yeah. we figured out how to integrate them into the system. Just, it, that's that's pretty cool. But anyways, yeah. So let's get into it. So, Eli, I'm super glad you're here today. Um, for those of you who don't know, Eli is in my society here at Bob Jones, the Pi Kappa Sigma Cobras. Sir. Uh, he is one of our many Bruins athletes. Um, Andy, Andy Aaron, who was on the podcast, I think two weeks ago, uh, or a week ago, sorry, a week ago on Monday, um, was is actually also in our society. So there are Bruins representatives, which is pretty cool. Um, so I get to see Eli a lot. We're also in class together, which is fun. Uh, so we get to see each other around. Um, we have a good friend, Jason Nunu, who is a mutual friend of ours, Jason. who was on last on Friday. So Eli, so tell me a little bit about about yourself. You know where you know where you grew up, that kind of thing. Just get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So um, you know, I grew up in Greenville, you know, South Carolina, born and raised. I uh, live in TR, Traveler's Rest. Um, and you know, my dad came over from Trinidad and Tobago. To oh, wow. play soccer in college and stuff like that. And, you know, when he finished up with that and married my mom and stuff like that, he settled down in Greenville, started his own soccer club, which is kind of where I basically grew up, you know. Um, you know, uh, I was homeschooled, you know. Sir, the majority, represent. <laughs> majority, majority of my life. And then, you know, the Lord was good enough to give me an opportunity to play at a Division One school wow. uh, up in North Carolina, Gardner-Webb University. So, you know got that opportunity wasn't necessarily the best experience wasn't the worst I learned a lot of things there but you know the the soccer team there was huge in the fact that you know we probably had 60 to 70 guys wow you know about the same size as a football program like holy cow as a small you know like we were on the smaller end of the d1 school size we played teams like Presbyterian College uh USC Upstate you know just teams like that um and it was just you know there's a lot of people, not a lot of playing time, and I really didn't feel like God had really called me to grow there. So, mm. you know, started looking for new schools. Okay, so tell me, tell me about how that works. So you were at Gardner Webb D1 school, uh, 60 to 70 guys in the team. Um, really nice facilities, from what I understand. You know, a good team. And then tell me about how how you transferred and what led you to Bob Jones. So yeah, so basically what happened was, you know. We finished up with our regular season. I was on the reserve team there, and I was just not happy with playing time and stuff like that. Mm. So, you know, 
I've been talking to my friends about, you know, entering the transfer portal, which is just, you know, they put you in there so you're no longer, like, committed to your school. Um, and then I actually came back home for spring break right before COVID hit. Um, came back for spring break, and I was at an alumni day at Travelers Rest High School for soccer. And one of my buddies who go to, goes to Bob Jones was like, I was just talking to him, you know, telling him I was thinking of transferring. And he's like, dude, you should come check out Bob Jones. Yeah. And, you know, like I'd grown up, grown up in the area, you know, I'd heard about the school. But, you know, to me, what I'd heard, it was like, you know, a bunch of really rich people, you know, really like. <laughs> I can tell you I'm not rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kind of, you know. So I was like, and I'd watched them play like several years ago, and they had gotten smacked by Montreat like five mm. nothing, something like that. Oof. And I was thinking, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, oof, why would why would I want to go to Bob Jones? You know, yeah. I'm you know kind of talking to the coach at NGU. NGU is a D two school. They're offering me scholarship money to play there. Yeah. And I was like, why why would I you know why would I decide to go to NCCAA Division three school? You know, mm-hmm. so I was just kind of like. You know, or a D- NCCAA Division Two school. Yeah. But you know, and I was just like, he's like, you know what? All right, I'll I'll do it. You know, it's just kind of like an offhand thing, like, you know, I'll say yes, but you know, we'll both forget about this and never come. Right. So, you know, probably a couple days later, if not the next day, I get this Facebook friend request from Greg Fulton, who Ooh. is now the head coach, but at the time was the assistant coach, and he. You know, I added him back because I think he was friends with my dad on Facebook. And, you know, obviously there's just a lot of people know my dad through soccer here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I get a text and he's like, hey, we would love for you to come out and do like a visit, visit the campus, you know, train with the team. And I was like, you know, I prayed about it and I was like, you know, I don't really want to do it. But you know what? <laughs> it's an experience. I'll go try it. I'm not yeah. expecting much, but I'll try it. So, you know, I got here and I... You know, the first thing I noticed was, like, this campus is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Mm. So, you know, I spent the next five minutes trying to figure out where to meet the coaches. Um, but, yeah, so I met the coaches, and something was just different. You know, I I felt at home. Like, yeah. you know, I'd been on college visits before to, like, you know, D1 schools, and you mm-hmm. they ship you off with people to go and, you know, visit the campus. But I went and talked to the coaches. The first thing I did was met with them talked to them for probably you know 20 30 minutes and then they personally took me on a campus tour you know took me to admissions took me to you know everything so you know and after that they're like all right well you know gabriel emery who was my friend from traveler's rest Mm -hmm. and he's they're like you go with him and we'll get you some bruins gear so you can come and train with the team and i was like whoa they're giving me gear just to train with them i was like this is kind of you know tough you know so <laughs> i went in the locker room wasn't much at the time but like you know they're still renovating and stuff the like team that. room is super nice right yeah now. we they just it finished is, that it is actually season, super nice earlier last season is so nice um but yeah so went out and trained with the guys and one of the things that shocked my mind was the level was actually so much higher than the reserve team i was playing on at gardner web mm. it was crazy because i'm expecting that to go out there and be like you know, playing with a bunch of scrubs, you know. Yeah. And I come out there, and first thing we do is we hop in the warm. I felt like I was doing a fitness session. I was, like, dying. And I was like, this is crazy. These people are training at such a high intensity right now, you yeah. know. And so, you know, we got in it, and I, you know, I I played very well, you know, did a good showing. 
and a lot of the guys just seemed like excited for me to be there like oh Eli you know like good job good job clapping for me when I did something good you know cheering for me you know stuff Mm -hmm. like that stuff that I hadn't really experienced at the cutthroat D1 level where everybody's fighting for spots and they're like it's you or me you know yeah so you know that was kind of like a big thing you know I talked with the coaches again after the session came back I think maybe two days later for a second session and you know same experience same guys welcoming guys inviting me to like go eat with them in the DC stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. um but as I said I was already kind of working at North Greenville so I was kind of like you know on the fence so I was like I had already committed to going and visiting there so you know I told the coaches I was like you know this was an amazing experience but I'm gonna go I still have to go and check out um NGU right so I went to the campus and first thing the coaches had me do was meet with someone to take me on a campus tour and take me to admissions Mm -hmm. so I hadn't even seen the coaches from NGU yet Wow. And I was already off looking at the campus. You know, after that, I'm, you know, kind of like, okay, this is very big, very old campus. Whereas Bob Jones, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, you have the history and stuff. But inside the classrooms, you got a lot of stuff that's new, like newer oh, yeah. stuff, where North Greenville is a lot older looking, mm-hmm. like inside and out. Yeah. Um, But after that, I went and talked with the coaches for maybe five to ten minutes. And then they put with me with a, one of the, I think he was a junior soccer player, and I went and spent the rest of the day with him. Like, mm. and I was just you know, like I didn't know anybody. I was just kind of like you know, and you know they they like talked to me a little bit, like converse, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a super welcoming atmosphere. And then right. you know, like I went, he took me, I went and sat in on one of his classes, which was actually good because you know I got to see you know, but you know after that I just you know. I didn't actually get to train with them because I could only train one day with them, and they wanted me to come back that Saturday and play like a full field kind of scrimmage with them. Wow. Um, so, you know, I didn't train with them, but you know, one thing I noticed was a lot of the guys would just kind of walk past me, not you know, not introduce themselves, not shake my hand, not. It was just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, you're just kind of a fixture here. You're not really, yeah, you know, important enough to stop and say, you know, I knew a couple guys and I would talk with them, but the rest were just they wouldn't go out of their way to say hi. Right. So, you know, I kind of spent the rest of the time just sitting on the sidelines, just watching the practice, just kind of, you know, just sitting there. And, like, you know, I noticed that, you know, a lot of the guys were just cussing and cursing and stuff like that, like just the smallest things. And I was like, this isn't a very Christian environment, which is something I was really looking for. So, you know, and that was one of the biggest things that helped me make my decision was I was looking for a big Christian community. Right. So, you know, I went back after that and I prayed about it and I was like I texted my I texted coach Matt and coach Greg I was like if if you guys are still interested I would love to come to Bob Jones and you know that's kind of the story of how I ended up with Bobby J. Dude that's pretty cool so Eli, what was your major at uh, Gardner Webb? So I was a sport management major. Sports manager okay and what was your major now at Bob Jones? I took a semester as a biblical studies major but uh-huh. The Greek got to me, and I decided to switch back to sport management. Okay, so so you're currently sports management. Okay. Yes. So we're we're the same major. Yes. I, I yes. didn't remember if we you stuck the same or if you had changed. Yeah. So, just out of curiosity, how many credits of your sports management transferred to Bob Jones? So all of them transferred over. Um, I think I'd only had like two or three sport management classes. Okay. But we had at Gardner Webb there was a very good sport management program. Like okay. So they those transferred over and. 
went pretty well. So Yeah, see, that's very different for me because when I transferred from Pensacola and I was a sports management major there and I came here, I lost like 30 credits mm. in my sports management because they're, they're just, their major is very different from the one about yeah. Jones. And so, I mean, that's interesting to see how theirs transferred over pretty well. So let's talk about let's talk about environment for a little bit. So you, you made it pretty clear that uh, what you wanted was a very Christian, biblically-based environment. So talk about how, and this might just be, might just be a weird question but why didn't you look for that originally is it because you got the scholarship from gardner webb or is it did you think they were something that they weren't that and it ended up to be like explain that for me for a little bit so i wouldn't say necessarily that i wasn't looking for that when i first went to gardner webb i was and gardner webb on the front is a very like um christian appearance mm-hmm. like on the outside and i mean they do have some good christian things Right, but you know, I was relying on that and the fact that you know it was a D one program, and I was it was the only D one program that was interested in me. Yeah. So you know, both of my parents went there. My dad actually played for the same coach that was there, which just oh, probably okay. had something to do with the reason I was there. Right. But um, you know, so I just got in. I got in thinking, you know, this is a Christian program. This is a Christian school. This is you know, um, and as soon as I hit, you know, probably one week, two weeks in, you know. Soccer was just, you know, coach would be like, oh, let's pray at the beginning of practice, but then let me curse you out for the next 20, 30 minutes because Mm. you're messing up, you know? Right. And then, you know, it was a small school, so a lot, the majority of the students there were athletes. So, you know, on the weekends, everybody's going out partying, getting drunk. My roommate would, you know, stuff like that, just, you know, messing around, alcohol, drugs, stuff like that. Mm which was not something that I was expecting going in there. And then a lot of my teachers are, some of my teachers were, you know, teaching some things that I was just like, I, I can't agree with this. I can't, you know, right. In good conscience, just go along with. So mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I think, I think I need to change. I think God is calling me to change. So I went and sat down with my coach. And one of the things that, you know, almost accelerated the thought process for me to get into the move was he tried to make it seem like, like, um, I don't know, but I came with him just saying, came with him with my concerns and stuff like that. And he was like, maybe you're just not a strong enough Christian to take this. So it was Mm. like he was calling my faith into account where I was like, no, it's not the fact that I can't be tested. I want a stronger basis for my faith before Mm. I just throw myself into the conflict, you know? Right. So that was just part of it. And so... Um, and another thing was, you know, being homeschooled, I was around my family 24-7. So right. I missed them. And, you know, so I was like, I can go to school in Greenville. I can go to North Greenville. It's 10 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if I don't agree with something, instead of being like, oh, I'm kind of here on my own with other people who don't believe. Right. I can come home. I can talk it out with my parents and be like, you know, this, this, and this happened at school. How would you respond? How, how would you advise me? So I'd have yeah. that closer contact. So, you know, and I never really considered Bob Jones, but I knew that it was a good Christian school. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was one thing I checked was the way the coaches talked about Christianity, the way they conducted practices, the way the team, you know, responded, the way they talked. Because a lot of times you can tell what kind of school it is. Not necessarily a school, but like you can tell what kind of experience you're going to have based on the athletes. Because athletes come in and they change the entire program. It doesn't matter what it is. It's those are the biggest influences on campus because they're usually the most popular people because of they're the face of the you know school for the most part. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. So when you came to Bob Jones and you kind of got that 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 good base that you were looking for, was it kind of like a breath of fresh air for you? Was it, were you kind of excited going in, or were you kind of nervous? Well, I was nervous, but I was also really excited. You know, I knew a lot of the soccer guys. I was ready to, you know, um, just kind of, uh, you know, just get back into the swing of things. Right. So, and then, you know, like we were having, I'm not going to lie, it took me back just like how much like, you know, chapel every day, you know, mm-hmm. discipleship groups. I wasn't really ready for that. But, right. you know, it was good because it's like, they don't just care if you're learning God in the classroom. They want to make sure you're learning God outside the classroom. Like, and not just have them preach it to you, have right. the students work together to, you know, it's like with discipleship groups, you know, you've got students teaching students, com- com- um, having conversations about scripture or the chapel messages, which yeah. was, you know, really good. That's 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 awesome. I think that's something that Bob Jones does really well is their their environment. I think that whether you like Bob Jones or don't or dislike Bob Jones, there's something that we can all agree on that they are trying to grow their students spiritually. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a an emphasis of theirs, which is really really uh, it's just heartwarming to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's something that I really enjoy. Um, so let's talk about the Bruins for a little bit. So yeah. you come in, you transfer in. What was what was that like starting on a on a, like a brand new team? Essentially, just like starting over with the team. Like, were you did you get a lot of playing time starting out, or were you just have is that something you had to kind of like fight for? Yeah. So you know, Matt Hodgkin had just taken over the program. I think the year before I got here, so he was still trying to figure out. You know, he was trying to get people that he wanted on the team. You know, like so that he could know who he was, who he had, who he had, um, you know, what he had to work with. Mm-hmm. So I came in, what my second year of college and you know i'm i was surprised by the level you know coming in from the uh the college visit i did um earlier that year so i was excited and you know but i've been a fairly strong player you know like i did make it to the d1 level but you know i did come out and i was starting almost every game Mm. Um, i suffered some injury setbacks first semester and just some you know uh, just some stuff. So, you know, towards the end of the season, I wasn't really playing. Uh, I wasn't starting. I, I was playing a lot, but I was still, I wasn't starting. But, you know, it just kind of happens. You know, sometimes the right. coaches are looking for something different. Sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. they just need a little something else. Right. So, you know, but uh, still remember my first game. Uh, go back and watch the film every now and then. But played Tacoa Falls. I came on and, you know, we scored early, which was something they said we hadn't really done much the previous year. We score a lot of goals. So, we came on, uh, wing back on my side, crossed the ball. Peter Wadi scored it. You know, a couple minutes later, I got the ball, passed it to Gashid Laresh. He scored, so I got my first assist. And then, you know, a little later in the half, I got my first goal. So, wow. you know, it was a pretty successful instant start. all star, an instant all star. You left. So, <laughs> okay, so that's that's pretty cool. So let's talk about then this uh, this last season. Okay, the championship run because that was like you said, you know, slow start with the, the you know the new coach and everything. So let's talk about. So you ran a certain formation when under Coach Hodgkins, and then Coach Fulton takes over. Did he change that completely, or was it more of a gradual change in your formation over the season? So at the start of the season, we definitely tried to stay the same as under Matt. Um, you know, we were running a a four three three. You know, I was on the right wing, um, so uh, we just started playing like that. And we went up to, I don't remember where we were, but we played our first game, and I mean, I think we gave up two set-piece goals. Like, Mm. you know, it just, 
something wasn't right. We couldn't score to save our lives. Like, I had a couple shots. Victor Oladipo had a couple shots. You know, just every now and then there'd be one person would get one shot off, like a desperation shot. And we just could not find the tools we needed to just get the ball in the back back of the net. Mm -hmm. You know, we came home. I think we won our next game. But, like, it was still, like, something wasn't right. We could not get any goals at all. So, you know, oh, that's who it was. We came back and we played Southern Wesley. And, you know, we scored a goal. They scored back. And we were just giving up goals off of set pieces like crazy. And, you know, I was lucky enough to get the winner, overtime winner against SWU. Um, But... You know, so coaches decided we needed to make a change, and we switched to a um, a three five two, which is not best for my um, skill set. Right. So I ended up getting dropped to the bench and not starting very many games, and ended up playing a lot of you know just kind of recovery minutes to give people breaks, which right. was tough. But you know, it helped us get more guys into the attack. Mm-hmm. which allowed us to score more goals, which actually very much like that's what we needed. And then um, I think that helped uh, Victor as well because it gave him someone to work off of more exclusively. So he was able to get, you know, back clicking and get his goals, which is something we really needed to get the team back fired up. Yeah. So. Dude, that's pretty cool. So let's let's talk about the three five two system for a minute. So you, you talk about how it's not really something that you're, you're used to playing, not really in your skill set. So does that mean you're – correct me if I'm wrong. Like you're, you're more of a forward player. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But um, in the three-five-two, so you've got three center backs, which will stay, you know, fairly narrow, and then you've got five across the midfield. You stick with your three kind of main midfielders, but the two on the outside are both uh, midfielders, mm-hmm. um, st- strikers, or up top wingers, and then your wing backs. Right. So they're just running up and down the pitch all oh, day yeah. long, which. My game, I am not a long-distance runner. I am not in it for the long haul. Eli Solomon for the track team. 22. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, you know, I'm the guy who I'll be out the wide. You know, I'll stay. I'll get back on defense. But I stay wide and high. And, you know, I'll draw you in. And then I'll do a move, push past you, and then accelerate with, like, a quick burst to get me to goal or something like that. Right. But, you know, the long-distance game, we had people who were more suited in Jordan Cruz and Peter Waddy who could just – I don't know how they do it, man, but they run can just all run day all day long. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, I'd be out there 10, 15, 20 minutes, and I'm gassed because I'm just, as soon as we get the ball, I'm sprinting up to get up top, and as soon as we lose it, I'm sprinting back to, you know, just make it back and just mm-hmm. cover the goal. So, you know, it was it was a challenge and definitely something that hurt a little bit because, you know, yeah. it was tough going from, you know, last season I was on a high, seven goals, several assists, you know, all-team second region, which was, you know, great and ex- amazing experience. But then you come in, and then you're not exactly what the team needed this year. So yeah. it was definitely a difficult transition. Yeah, I can I can see how that would be difficult. So let's talk about playoffs and going into the championship. Um, what was it feeling for you guys? Because we regionals came, we played here at Bob Jones. Uh, we won pretty handily in regionals, yeah. I think. I mean, our first game we played, it was like, what, 10-0, or something like that? I don't, I don't even know, I mean, man. we... I remember watching that game. I was like, we destroyed that. Team. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember, like four or five different people had goals, like multiple goals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was um, insane. I mean, we came in, and we played. I think it was. Um, I think it was Johnson for the regional championship. I believe it was. We played Trinity Baptist. Trinity Baptist. Okay. We played Trinity, and that was a good game. I yeah. I mean, it was still not really that close, but it was it was a good game. Um, to watch at least for me yeah. for our fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you come off a big high at regionals, going into championship. What was what was the atmosphere in the team? Were you guys pretty confident that you were gonna go all the way, or was it more of all right, we still got work to do? Like Kobe Bryant, job's not done. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So 
we were definitely really excited about the regional win, you know. That's two in a row. But uh, honestly, for us, even though we did beat them, I think it was 2-0. For us, it was actually a little bit of a scare, like a hold up. You guys haven't just won this. Not because you've, you know, won all these games leading up to it. You're undefeated in regions. You can't just walk in and win regionals. Right. So, you know, first half, I think they held us to a 0-0 to zero, zero tie. And we were just thinking, like, wait a minute. We've walked all over this team in the past, you know, two, three games we've played. Yeah. And it was just like a reality check. So, you know, going into regionals, I think a bunch of us were still like, it was kind of like, okay, so that's how we performed in regionals. How are we going to react? How are we going to respond now? And I think that we might not have had our best first game in nationals, mm-hmm. but it was like that step we needed to take to like kind of wake up like, okay, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to, you know, like we've got right. this. So it was just kind of like settling back into that groove because even though we'd won, we kind of been shaken from that, you know, invincibility kind of. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, just watching you guys, I mean, I didn't get to go to a championship, sadly, because it was down in Florida. Yeah. But, I mean, watching it on on the big screen as you guys went out there and played was just, I mean, it's a lot of fun. For, for us yeah. students who are here, I mean, it's it's a it's a nice experience to, you know, put it up on the big screen in the den or, you know, watch it on your phone or however you want to, you know, view it and, and cheer on your team. I mean, I did the same thing last night. Uh, not last night. It's your goal. Um. Saturday night, um, when our basketball team went down and played, you know, Pensacola, you know, I was sitting there just cheering them on with a bunch of my friends, yeah. and that that's a great experience, I think. And in knowing, so so, what is it like for you as a player? I mean, knowing that you know you go so far away for a championship, it's different when you don't play with fans. Yeah, yeah. you know what is, what is the atmosphere? What is the mindset for you guys? Because I'm sure you guys get like tons of like encouraging messages and things, things like that. So what? Is, how is it different playing at home to playing in like a championship when you have maybe four people there from the yeah. school? Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I would say was playing at Gardner Webb. We never had like any fans. It was my family, which is you know a pretty large <laughs> family, but you know they can't come to every game, but they try to. But I mean, my family made up the majority of the fans that would be at our games, so it right. was probably like you know twenty, twenty-five people, something like that. And then you know I come here and I play my first game, and there's you know a couple hundred people sitting in the stands, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So you know, I think. Us as players, we tend to feed off the energy of the crowd. Yeah. You know, um, the close games especially, it's like we, like, sometimes we rely on the fans to just give us that extra push. So, so when we hear y'all cheering, we hear y'all, you know, like, calling for certain players, like, those people tend to, like, pick up even more because oh, yeah. they have people supporting them and they want to do, you know, they want to make the school proud. And when they can see that the school is behind them, that's just, like, so uplifting. So, you know, and then you go to, like, away games and it's like, you have to like you kind of just have to like think like okay there are still people back there rooting for us Mm -hmm. and we need to do this for them right like it's not as easy because there's not that like physical presence but Mm -hmm. there's definitely that like emotional or just kind of mental presence that but you know uh there wasn't you know we had a couple people come out for the first and second game uh and then we made it to the finals and it was like you know there was actually a lot of people there, you know. Dr. Pettit flew down. Sir. You know. Um, Stevie P. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, my my mom and my grandma drove down with my girlfriend. They oh, actually all you drove go. down. Um, and, you know, there was a good, I'd say a good 40 people from Bob wow. Jones. You know, 40, 50 people who came out. And it was just like, we got this. We got our fans there. We can push through this. Yeah. So, I'd say definitely as athletes, we definitely rely on the crowd a lot to just give us that oh, yeah. extra push when, when you know it gets difficult. Yeah, okay. All right, last thing before our break here. I just want to talk a little about one of the biggest games of the season for the soccer team, I think, 
was not a regional game, not an in-conference game, but the game against Furman. That yes. was... That, that oh, was man. an insane game. What what a game. Because I, I remember going out there, and it was just like, I mean, this is a D1 school. Yeah. Their soccer team is supposed to be legit. Yeah. And we came out there, and Eli, tell us a little bit about how that game ended so, up. So, you know, I we come into the season, and our coach tells us, we've got Furman on our schedule. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, Furman is a D1 program. They won their conference last year, you mm-hmm. know, Southern Conference. And I'm like, there is no way. I know a bunch of the guys on the team. And in my mind, the doubt just started to filter in. And I'm mm. like, oh, no. And and eventually, you know, we came to the week before. We're training and stuff. And our coach is like, look, this is a game. We have to go believing we can win. Mm. So, you know, we get the game. We're, you know, we're excited. We're playing at Furman. We're, you know. So it's that. And then a matter of, like, we don't want to come out here and get embarrassed. We've got, you know, we had a bunch of people out there. Which, I was there. Which, which was it was incredible because there was more Bob Jones people there than Furman people. Oh, yeah. And it was like, our fans want to be here. They want to support us. They want to see us win. So we just, you know, we just took that energy and we just ran with it. I mean, you know, we had a little bit of a slow start, but, I mean, we picked it up and, you know, tied them 2-2, a D1 program, a good yeah. D1 program. Yeah, I just I just remember being in that game and just I mean it was being in the Bob Jones crowd like the Bob Jones mob around yeah you know in the stands because they're I don't know normally most people haven't been to Furman their their soccer field is basically like a dome yeah I mean so they have the stands on one side and like the edges of the field are kind of like hills yeah like yeah grass it's almost like a, an arena almost. yeah so almost it just like an arena like loops it's, around it's interesting I I don't think I've ever seen a soccer field that way that yeah. has those hills so close to the field. Um, so, I mean, being there with, like, the model of a bunch of people, I mean, hearing your voices echo across the other yeah, side, yeah. it was loud. And yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, I remember just being so excited because we were just, I mean, our guys played their hearts out in that game. I mean, our, our Bob Jones team, including you, just, I mean, they yeah. killed it. And to me, that was just such an exciting game. And it was a great day for our program, yeah, yeah. I really think. Because um, our program, you know, we started 20, 2012, 2011, I believe. And so, you know, coming in, now playing a D1 school that – like you said, won their conference and then tying them, that's huge. I mean, it goes to show, like you were talking about earlier, how good our conditioning is at Bob Jones and how well prepared we are for the teams we play. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, at one point we were actually leading and we were thinking, you know, we've got this. There was probably like six to eight minutes left on the clock and we had, you know, we were up 2-1 and they just managed to sneak one in there and we were just like, Ugh. you know, like we let it slip away. Like, you know, obviously we were not sad or disappointed all by the end of the game because, you know, right. we went out there and did something that, you know, shouldn't have been possible. I mean, you know, it was like, hey, we just did that. We tied a D1 school. Not to mention, we did it on ESPN. So, yeah. just saying, that game was on ESPN Plus and it was like, you know, it's exciting when you're like, I'm on TV, you know? Yeah. So, it was definitely a great experience and, you know, for me, it was very nerve-wracking because... Like I said, you know, I kind of been dropped out of the plan, so my game fitness wasn't necessarily there because I hadn't been, you know. And then I played a good portion of the game, and by the yeah. end of that game, you know, you're just running and you're sprinting, you're just hoping you can keep going. I started cramping up, and I was just like, I was like, just please give me enough time, just make it through this game. Don't yeah. let anything happen because of me, you know. Yeah, dude. Well, that was that was, in my opinion, one of the highlights of the season outside Definitely. of the championship. It was just it was a great time just to go and experience it and to watch you guys play them and to play them very, very well. All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, guys, welcome back to the Hodge Podcast. I'm here with Eli Solomon, one of the Bruins soccer players. 
Eli, thanks so much again for being on. Yeah, of course. Dude, it has been it has been a good time talking about your sports experience. But I think I'm going to switch this up a little bit. So we're going to change direction a bit and talk about your Bob Jones student experience. So you're a town student. Yes. So you don't live on campus in the dorms, or at least you used to, and now you don't. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. How does town student life compare to dorm life? So first semester, or first year here, I was a dorm student, and then I switched to being a townie uh, this past year. So, you know, it's there's a lot less, like, rules, and I can, you know, definitely, like, you know, I don't have to, like, be in the, my house at a certain time or anything mm-hmm. like that. Plus, I also get home-cooked meals, which are a lot. Oh, that's such a so good, good. Oh, um, You know, I only live 20 minutes away, which it's not bad, and it's not a lot. It's not a far drive, but it definitely adds up when it comes to gas money. Yeah. Like, that is by far my biggest expense when it comes to mm-hmm. being that. Um. I do miss being a dorm student a little bit because it is harder to get involved with stuff on campus because if I'm here, like, you know, I'm here from 7.40 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you know, and there's not really anywhere for me to go and, like, change and shower unless I go to, like, uh, the fitness center or something like that. And then, like, it's, like, in between classes and stuff, like, I can't really just go back to my dorm room because like, yeah. I'd have to drive 20 minutes. Right. Which, you know, it kind of is awful when you know we have training and stuff because then it's like oh i have a lot of time in between training and classes but don't really have anywhere to go a lot of people are still in classes and stuff and they're doing stuff and they're going back to their rooms and i'm just kind of sitting there in the den like i finished my homework i don't really have anything (laughs) to do now so it's it's definitely different and there's a lot of stuff i miss about dorm life but just being able to have my own bed my own bathroom stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's I miss you don't, my bed, I can tell you that much. You don't think that it would be a lot, but it is such a perk of staying at home. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is my dad and I love to cook. So, like, I miss being able to cook with my dad. Cause we actually, we just bought, a, we bought him a smoker for his birthday in November. And, dude, let me tell you, we, we smoked our, uh, our turkey for Thanksgiving. Oh, man. That was probably the greatest thing I've ever had in my entire life. Like, it was, it was delicious. Gosh, and it was so, so good. So, so my me and my dad like to cook a lot, and so I think I mean, my parents live in Virginia, so I'm not saying like I, they're anywhere, anywhere yeah. close, but I think that is something I definitely miss about being home is being able to cook and being able to eat good, you know, home cooked meals. So something about that home cooked casserole that your mom always makes, you know, yeah. that just kind of hits different. Even though you've had it a million times, yeah. you go home yeah. and you're like, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, I think something else that I've heard a lot of townies um, kind of talk about is eating on campus yes so do you are you one of the town students that bought the meal plan so you no, go to dc no. okay so so what is that like because there's really nowhere for you guys to go yeah so i mean every now and then like i'll suck it up and go to the dc because you know my friends are eating there or you know i just you know want something different but for the most part you know every now and then I'm getting chick-fil-a and the den mm. So I spend the majority of my off time in the den just, you know, and, you know, I have friends who will every now and then buy me some Chick-fil-A or something like that. Or, you know, my good buddy Jason Nunu, uh, his girlfriend lives like just a couple minutes from here every now and then. He'll invite me over for a meal or he'll just take me and get me food. Really nice guy. Yeah. So if you don't know Jason Nunu, you're missing out. Yeah. I just want to let everybody know that. So if you don't know him, know him. (laughs) Definitely. Jason has actually been probably the 
one of the biggest reasons that I've actually survived Bob Jones. Oh, man. You know, he's the manager of the soccer team, which is where, you know, I first met him, you know, when I came for my visit. And then he was one of the first people that, like, I re-met when I came back for, like, um, you know, first day of classes or first day of training or whatever um, last year. And, like, he has become, like, my best friend. Like, and he helps me with everything. Like, I'll go and help him with manager stuff. He'll help me with, like, you know, dating because <laughs> set me up with my girlfriend. So not too mad about it. But Yeah, I wouldn't be too mad about that one. No. So, Yeah. Okay, so what is, what is let's talk about that for a second, because it is Valentine's Day today, Monday. Um, I'm not going to ask you your plans, Rex, because I don't really need to know. But I think, let's talk about how is it, how do you manage time, especially when you're in season, yeah. between classes, practices, and games, and then having a relationship as well as being a town student? Like, how was how that last, I mean, because you're not in season right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, like, last semester, you know, being a town student, having being 20 minutes away, and then your girlfriend's on campus... What was that like? Let's talk talk me through a little bit about how that, uh, how scheduling worked. You know, how hard was it to get things to work out, and how that affected you, kind of, in, in your headspace of you know, like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard for me to get to see this person sometimes. Yeah. So I mean, not only am I a soccer player, so I'm extremely busy with you know games and training session. She's a nursing major, so she's mm. you know got like lab classes, you know, microbiology. She's got her clinical works where she goes off to hospitals and then does, like, her whatever she does. Um, so, you know, it's very hard for us to find time. So one of the things we make sure we do is when we can, we sit together in chapel. Um, a lot of times our schedules will line up class-wise. So we'll take those times to get, you know, maybe a quick meal in the den or, you know, sit and watch, like, an episode of something together. Just, yeah. you know, and when we can, we'll take, like, walks <clears throat> in between classes just to catch up and just, you know. So... You know, and then we go to the same church. So, you know, we see each other there, stuff right. like that. Just, you know, trying to catch up as much as possible, like yeah. in between everything. So if I seem like I'm always with her, it's just because I'm trying to find time to actually yeah. spend time with her. No, know? I totally understand. So thank you then for coming away from her for a little bit on Valentine's Day. That that actually makes me kind of happy that you were... That well, you were she had a meeting. So. Ah, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, as a student athlete, um, what is, I think, in your opinion, your biggest challenge as a student athlete, whether that be scheduling, whether that be time management or something to do with the actual classes. So, I mean, what exactly in your opinion is going to be the biggest challenge this semester going forward and then going forward next semester when you're in season as a student athlete? So I would say probably one of the hardest things to do is just manage your time because I mean, you have to keep up with homework and classes, which a lot of times, you know, you you miss a lot of classes because my first semester here, you know, we went, we did really pretty well. We won regionals. We went pretty far into nationals. But I remember that, um, you know, the first, uh, towards the end of the semester, we're getting up close to finals. And I missed three weeks worth of classes before finals, like oh, just man. three weeks straight. We had regionals, which were in Florida, down in Pensacola. Uh, so we were gone the whole week. Then we had we got back, and I got COVID. Oh. I hadn't even stepped off the bus. We went straight to a testing center, got there, tested. Me and the guy who I had, I had roomed with both tested positive for COVID. So oh, it's man. like I went straight there, told, texted my roommates, told them to just kind of vacate the room a little bit, give me some time, got my stuff, and headed straight to my house to just quarantine. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I get back. I had to leave a little later to join the team. But then I joined them in um, Florida again for nationals, which was, you know, hectic because, you know, I'm coming back off of COVID, couldn't really work out a ton, you know, just stuff like that. So, you know, it was just awful because, like, we get the finals and I'm like, I don't know what we did for the last three weeks. I don't oh, know, you yeah. know, because most of my classes weren't online. So, you know, I had one class online and it was Greek. So I yeah. was like, that doesn't really help me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was just the toughest thing is just missing classes. And, you know, you have to work with your professors and stuff like that. And I will say a lot of the professors here will work with you like a good yeah. bit. So that's that's really good. So so time management, that's that's interesting because I feel like that's most people's problem when it comes to college yeah. and including mine. Because I'm, man, let me tell you, I am the biggest procrastinator I think I've ever met. Like yeah. I... So, I will procrastinate until the night before, and then I'll do a, probably six hours of work in about an hour and a half. I'll be like, oh, that's good enough. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's hard. Yeah. I think it's hard for most students. And needless to say, someone who's an athlete, I mean, I mean, even talking with you and talking with, you know, Mark and Andy, who have to do, like, morning shoots, and then they have afternoon practices, things like that. I mean, that's just that's tough. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the basketball guys, it seems like they have a lot more training, you know, that they do because, like, you know, the semester's a lot shorter, so they mm-hmm. have to get in all that. Yeah. But, um, you know, for us, we're doing, you know, we have classes in the morning, and then, you know, we go to training probably around 4.30, and sometimes we don't get out till 7, 7.30, so that's three, three, or two and a half, three hours of practice, and by then, you've just got to go straight back and get your homework done and just grind. Yeah. And then, you know, you hit the road. I mean, I think we took a trip this past semester where we, we were gone for a week, like, we went to Florida, we went back up to Virginia, you know, just traveling everywhere. And it's like, you're spending most of your life on a bus. So it's like, yeah. not a lot of time to get, you know, homework done, because, you know, Wi-Fi is spotty, stuff like that. So, you know, it's definitely difficult. So you have to make sure you stay on top of your you know, homework assignments and stuff like that. Yeah. And that must be really challenging. But I think there's also, you know, the good part of being a student athlete is you can actually get to play a sport that you love. Yeah. I think being being in love with a sport, I mean, because for me, it's I, I love the sport of volleyball. So I love to play it. I love to watch it. Um, I actually stayed up this past summer until 3 in the morning just to watch the U.S. Olympic women's team win the gold. So, I mean, I, I, lo- I love watching that sport. And if I were able to play that sport on a collegiate level, man, I'd, it'd just be a different – I think yeah. it would be a different atmosphere as opposed to, like, playing it for, like, societies or, like, intramurals and just, you know, it's mostly just for fun at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, they, no one's gonna remember who won the turkey bowl between yeah. Beta and whoever like ten years from now. No yeah, one really yeah, cares. <laughs> but everyone's gonna remember that you guys won the championship because of the banner hanging in DFH for exactly, exactly. for forever. So I mean, we need to play that like for, we need to represent the college. I think that's a it's a it's a pretty cool experience. I think I'm well, I'll probably never get to experience. Um, but it, I I think that's just something that is really cool to see other people because yeah. I think you know talking with I have a couple friends that are on multiple of the Bruins teams. And, you know, I have guys, in the, friends on the baseball team, the soccer team, the basketball team, um, and they all carry themselves so well. And I think that's just, it just goes to show how important, and this is, this is, might be maybe super, it goes to show how important your outward look is, as well as yeah. the way you act yeah. inside. So, you know, I think a lot of times athletes get a bad rap, maybe sometimes rightly so, for mm-hmm. being, you know, a little bit arrogant and a little bit like, you know, oh, we're better than the other students. Right. But I think what a lot of people forget is that, you know, while most students are just contending with classes, athletes are dealing with preseasons, which, you know, we come in two to three weeks earlier. We're doing two to three sessions a day. We have 
games, which takes us away from classes. And we are a lot of times the face of the university where, yeah. you know, we're a lot of the reasons why people come in because they want to go to a school with a good sports team. So, you know, it's all about, you know, the image that we uphold because we're not just representing ourselves or our team. We have to represent the entire school, the entire student body. So it's like there's an extra pressure on us because it's not like, oh, we can just go here and goof off. No, we are wearing a name on our jackets, on our shirts, on our, you know, shorts and stuff like that. We have to, you know, we're from Bob Jones University. That's who we represent. So we definitely have to keep up that image. So, you know, we try to make sure we never leave anywhere like trash, like locker rooms and stuff that we visit. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we cleaned up after ourselves, you know. Restaurants, we want to be well-behaved, not, you know, messing around. Hotels, not making a lot of noise, getting noise complaints, stuff like that. So yeah. we definitely try to carry ourselves, like, you know, not just, like, good because of the university, but because as Christians, you know, we want to be image bearers of God. Absolutely. And try and, you know, uphold his image as well. So Yeah, absolutely. All right, last thing here we're going to talk about for the podcast, and this is a very personal note. So I just want to talk to you about how you actually became a Christian. So let's let's talk a little bit, and this is something, you know, I haven't done this before on the podcast, but I want to talk with you about how, where, you know, you know, you said you grew up in Greenville in that area, you know, how did you come to know Christ? So yeah, um, I don't talk to a lot of people about my faith just because it just doesn't normally come up because mm -hmm. like a lot of times, you know, your, your sphere of influence is Christian. So, you know, a lot of them just take it for granted that you are a Christian. Right. So, you know, growing up in Greenville, my grandfather was is a pastor, um, and actually, I don't know if you know Tandem, the creperie down in mm -hmm. Travelers West. Yeah, it actually he actually used to own that, and it was oh, his wow. coffee house. Uh, it was a coffee house, and we'd have bands and stuff in there. And then on Sundays, he would preach there. So Tandem you know, coffee. Everyone go to Tandem Coffee. It's actually delicious. Yeah. So um, you know, that's that's where I grew up. That's you know, grandfather, pastor, grandma, mom. They were both like Sunday school teachers. So you know, I grew up like smack dab in the middle of church i was you know i was just in church 24 7 yeah and you know and i think it was just something that i was just like you know took it for granted that i was a christian because that's just that's who my parents were that's who my grandparents were that's who you know all my friends were and it just came to a point where i wouldn't say necessarily that i was like thinking that i wasn't a christian but it was just a time where i was you know i remember sitting in the back of my parents fans i was probably like six to eight years old something like that and I just remember sitting there like, I, I can't keep letting my parents' faith be mine. I have to make mm. this my own. And I just remember feeling this sense of like emptiness where it was like, I've just been living to like please my parents and make sure that they're happy, you know, and satisfied with like knowing Bible verses or singing songs, you know? Yeah. And it was at that moment where I was like, I need to make my faith my faith, you know? Mm. And I need to put my trust in God completely. And I just remember this warm feeling that just filled me up and just like you know and i just couldn't stop smiling because it's like now i know why they do this mm -hmm. now i know you know so i was like i finally understand what faith is i finally understand what it means to follow god because now i know who i'm following i'm not following my parents following someone i'm following someone for myself you know absolutely dude that's amazing i think when everyone realizes that they need christ for themselves it is a heartwarming experience there's a reason it's, it's there's so many songs talk about a burden being lifted and that's because you really is just you feel weighed down yeah you know trying to go about life without it and that's something that you just don't have so you know until you get to that point you know it's just something that you just have to have to completely understand and you have to find out for yourself 
Um, you just have to explore it, and you have to actually look into you know what God's word says. Um, so that's dude, that's amazing. That is really cool. But Eli, dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course, thanks for having me, dude. Anytime. All right, guys. So that is do it for today. But I want you guys to let you know you can actually start supporting the podcast with donations. Uh, the ads are coming soon. I'm still waiting on Anchor to get back to me on that. And the new music should be here for Friday. So I'm very excited about our new music when, when it comes to the podcast. It's it's our own originally made by Ben Beam. Um, follow me on Instagram, jehodge97, for those Freestyle Friday topic questions. Um, you can input those there. Um, there's a link in my bio on there as far as the podcast is concerned. It'll take you right to Anchor so you can stream it from there. You can stream it from Spotify. And you can also support that way. Eli, thanks again so much. Guys, next time.